Okay, um, starting today, a little series on friendship with God, um, which will be over four sessions, that will then kind of lead into friendship with others, um, which will take us into um, next term. Um, but what, what I want to do is, is share some things that I've been learning from um, a book called Friendship with God by Mike McKinley. He has based his reflections on a, a book, an old book by John Owen called Communion with God. Communion with God is big and it's hard to digest for 21st century readers. So what Mike McKinley's done is he's gone, well, let's try and make it really accessible. Um, and so he's done us a, a real, real favor. And uh, really kind of sharing some of the things from, um, from that book today um, and in this series. Now, I don't know how your friendship, how you regard your relationship with God, whether friendship is the first thing that comes to mind. And there's probably at least two problems with enjoying our relationship with God. It's one thing to say we have a relationship with God, but actually enjoying that. And two things, and here they are. One is we find it quite hard to believe. And that could be for a number of reasons. So on the one hand, reflecting our own sinfulness and God's holiness. Or just the sheer size, magnitude, difference of God. He is so other from us. He's our creator. He's great. He, he, he flung stars into space. He created galaxies. And then there's little us. Really? Friendship with God? So there's that kind of side of things. We find it hard to believe. But also, just we find it hard to know what it looks like. What, what do we mean by enjoying a friendship with God? What does that actually... I mean, we might relate to it this morning, maybe in church with God's people, but tomorrow morning when you're kind of with friends or family or in work or school, wherever it might be, what does friendship with God actually look like? So... Let's think it through. Um, we need to say this, first of all, that we are naturally not God's friends. Um, so Romans 5, we can go a number of places for this. Romans 5 picks up on this. So since we've been justified by his blood, Paul is talking about the wonder of the gospel, how we're, we're made right with God. We've been justified by his blood, Christ's blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? So there's, we learn right up front there, what are we heading for? What do we need saving from? It is the just wrath of God through Christ. We're saved through Christ from God's wrath. And then Paul explains, for while we were God's enemies. So th there's a description of us by nature. Enemies of God. We are at enmity with him. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled should we save through his life? And just really to, to, to note on this point here before we move on is simply this, that um, by nature we're God's enemies under the wrath of God. And there needs to be a reconciliation for there to be friendship with God. And we see there in verse 10 that that happens through the death of his son, through the death of Christ, through faith in him. And what a great, and glorious reality that is, that we've been reconciled to God through Christ. But let's just think of an implication of that. So um, Romans 5 there talks about what Christ has done um, in his death for us. Because you did nothing to make yourself God's friend, you can't do anything to break that relationship. Isn't that great? So it's God that creates the friendship, the reconciliation. 
So as a believer today, you can't do anything to break that friendship, that relationship. Um, it's a gift, not because we've obeyed God and loved him, but because he chose to love us. And we need to rest in that. There, there is, in, in, in thinking that through, letting that settle into our hearts and minds, there's security and confidence in our relationship with God. Let's just think this through a bit further. And uh, theologians have thought, talked about our union and our communion. And it's, this is real, I think this is so helpful for our spiritual formation, this, to get this clear. So our union with God is about our status. So what is true of us, our status. So this is saying, I am God's friend. And we've just seen from Romans 5. That is through Christ reconciling us to the Father through his death. The wrath of God is taken by him. So I am God's friend. And that is a gift we're given. We don't do anything except to receive it by faith. So God doesn't choose us because we're worthy or we're in some way commend ourselves to him. He chooses because he loves and he chooses to love. So this union, this friendship with God, it is a gift that we're given. We can't earn it. We did nothing to deserve it. All the, the only part we paid was to receive it by faith. And even that was because the Holy Spirit awakened us to do that. Praise God. So that is our union with God. We, I am God's friend. But our communion is different. Our communion is saying, not I am God's friend, but I enjoy God's friendship. Can you see how they're different? I mean, one obviously comes out of the other. You can't enjoy God's friendship unless you are God's friend. So clearly one comes out the other, but they are different, and that's really important. I mean, just very practically it's important, because if I think my enjoyment of my friendship with God is a gauge of whether I am a friend of God, well, I, I might feel like a Christian one day, and, and, or think I'm a Christian one day, and the next day not. So it's really important we're clear on that. So this is about our experience of uh, friendship with God. So it's like any other friendship. So it's a two-way street where God communicates. So, so union with God is a one-way street. Okay? We're given. It's a gift from God. This is a two-way street where God communicates himself to us. And we as Christians, uh, John Owen says, we're able to return something to God. It's like in any relationship. You, you take part in that deepening relationship with God. doesn't add to your union. doesn't make you more of a Christian. But... It does enhance, or not, your enjoyment of the relationship. Um, this is, a, this is a, um, as with all illustrations, an inadequate illustration. I want to illustrate, just use it to illustrate just one point. This is ugly, I know, and it looks like a prison convict. There's me. There's my driving license. I don't normally show this. You're very privileged this morning. Um, so here's my status as a UK driver, Okay. I am able to drive. I am a driver. I have a license. That gives you, so legally, that's my status. I am a driver. Well, look, um, that's different from the enjoyment of driving. And here's a picture of me and Jenny in our retirement. What a fabulous picture that is. I, I'm not planning to go for the tattoos, but maybe the beard. Um, and so, so can you see the difference? My status is I have a driver's license, but that is different from the enjoyment of driving. Um, what a wonderful picture of a, 
um, couple in retirement enjoying an open-top car. Okay, um, any, any questions on that? Not the picture, on, on what we've got to say. Okay, um, now we need to grasp at least oh, many trees, but here's two big ones I think that are important to enjoy a genuine friendship with God. And it's this, um, on the one hand, we need to grasp that God is incredibly holy and powerful. God is not our mate. Okay? He, he's, God, is, God is infinitely great. He's infinitely powerful, infinitely holy. And yet, this is the wonderful reality. When we draw near to God, we find not anger at our failures and sins, but sympathy, mercy, and grace to help in our time of need. Think of it like this. So, um, a parent and a child, and the child is ill very ill. The parent isn't angry at them for being ill. There's sympathy, there's compassion, there's kindness, and there's trying to help them. That, that is how God feels towards his children when we sin. We are sick. We, are, we may be rebellious. We may need reproving and correcting. And he may need to discipline us for sure. But his heart towards us is one of compassion, like an ill, sick child. Um, Hebrews captures those two things. So here's the holiness, the greatness of God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. I mean, that is an extraordinary sentence, isn't it? Nothing is hidden from him. You've got to be powerful for that to be true of you. There's lots hidden from us, including what's the other side of that wall. And we're that limited. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He is the judge. He will judge all humanity that's ever lived. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, that's where he is. He is the king of heaven. um, As we sing, he's the high king of heaven. Jesus, son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So we have an incredibly holy, incredibly great, awesome Lord God. That is who he is. Hebrews goes on. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace, find grace to help in our time of need. I mean, it is one of those things we need to pinch ourselves that we know the God of heaven. And we're welcome in his presence. And he calls us friends. So grasping those two things. God is incredibly holy and powerful. And yet when we come to him, we find that he is compassionate towards us in our weakness. And he loves us. And he pours out his love on us. Now, we might be tempted to think that we can't be God's friends. That um, God would never really like us, love us. A holy, holy God. I think that's a... That is a natural feeling, a natural thought. But if we're going to enjoy friendship with God, not simply know theoretically in the back of our minds, if we're going to enjoy day by day, the first step towards enjoying that friendship with God is to realize and be convinced God wants you to be his friend. He wants you to be his friend. I wonder how convinced, on a scale of 1 to 10, I wonder how convinced you are of that today. When we talk about God, we, 
we immediately have to clarify which God. Because when you, when, when you say God in our culture, there's a whole load of things going on in people's minds. And their ideas of God will be very different from who we refer to as God. So um, when, we're actually not talking about the gods of Islam, different God, or of um, Buddhism or Hinduism or Taoism, not even the God of the Jews. Shock, horror. And here's why. We're talking about the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we believe, the Bible teaches, that there's one God who exists eternally in three fully divine persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is why he's not the God of the Jews. Remember what Jesus said, you know, he, they, they rejected him and therefore they were children of the devil. So let, let, let's be very clear on this. He, he is distinct, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, so, so we can say lots about this and much has been said about it and we don't ultimately understand the mystery of the Trinity. But, but at a practical level, a couple of things on this. Any relationship with God must be carried out on directly and distinct, carried on directly and distinctly with each of those three persons. I wonder if you've thought about that, or whether for you God is when you just think of someone just more general, or maybe you do think more of the Father as you relate to God, or maybe you do think as you pray more of Jesus, or more about the Holy Spirit. And my guess is if we were to go around, and, in fact, I think we did this a, a couple of years ago. When you pray to God, when you think of God, who, who are you thinking first and foremost about? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three. Well, I think to enjoy our relationship with the living God, it must be carried on directly and distinctly with each of those three persons. And we're going to be unpacking that over the next few sessions. We'll have one on um, enjoying God as Father, enjoying uh, God as, as Jesus, enjoying God as the Holy Spirit. Um, but just to outline a bit this morning, um, so to know God is to know him as three persons in one. Now, if that boggles your mind, chill, that's fine. That, that's good. God is greater. God is bigger. Um, and so you can't accurately conceive of God, think of God, without thinking of the three persons. And to think about each of the three persons inevitably brings you back to thinking about the unity of God. Um, there's a guy called Gregory of Nazianzus, um, 326 to 390 AD. And I'm pretty sure this is the kind of fourth century equivalent of airbrushing your Facebook, um, Instagram picture. Um, it looks very airbrushed. I love it. It's a great picture. Anyway, Greg said a great thing, a famous thing about the Trinity. And he said this, no sooner do I conceive of the one than I am illuminated by the splendor of the three. No sooner do I extinguish them than I am carried back to the one. I mean, all of a sudden, how we think of God, our minds start to have to expand, don't they? And we go, God is, God is great. Okay, let's just think um, a practical way that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is at work. So Jesus says in John 6.45, they will all be taught by God. You might go, okay, well, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 
Which person of the Trinity is the teacher? Well, actually, it's all three. Let's look at how the Trinity works. Just on this one particular point, on us being taught by God. Jesus is talking about um, his people, believers, disciples, um, being taught by God. That they might know him. So God the Father, what role does he play? Well, John 6.45, Jesus says, Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. So in your coming to faith in Jesus, God the Father is involved. He is, he is involved in teaching us of, of himself, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son is involved. So at Jesus' baptism, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a, a voice from the cloud said, and here's the Father speaking, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So God the Father says about God the Son, God, to listen to him. Because it's in him. He is the very image of God. You look at him, listen to him. He reveals me, the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is involved. And a classic um, text on the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, to Jesus speaking, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in all involved in us knowing the one true living God who is three in one. Okay. Honestly, uh, four minutes on the Trinity is utterly inadequate, isn't it? But I'm going to stop there because we could say so much more. Um, let's just kind of pause again. How are we doing for time? Okay. Just really briefly, God speaks to us in his word. So going back to this, this whole thing, that so our union with God is, is fixed. It's our status. Our enjoyment of God is not fixed. It fluctuates. We know that by experience. Um, so God speaks to us. What's God's side of the friendship? We're saying this is a two-way street. So God, what's God's, God's side of the friendship? God speaks to us in his word, read, heard, preached, and in fact other things as well. But just pause there for a moment. And we become assured from him that he is our friend. So God, God communicates, in fact, in numerous other ways too. But let, let's just leave it there for this morning. But God, God speaks to us in his word. He, he, from his side of the friendship, there is so much assurance that he's our friend. But what is the part? How do we return to God? How do we respond to him to express our side of the friendship? I mean, any friendship where it's just one way, it, it, that's hard going, isn't it? So how do we return to God? What is our side of the friendship? Just literally one minute, quick fire in groups, um, ideas. Um, just really quickly, uh, quick fire call outs. What, what did you have? How do we return to God? How do we express our love, our friendship to him? And then I'll tell you really briefly as we end what Owen says. And he's not the Bible, I know, but he's quite good. Um, what do you get? Prayer? Confession? Joy? Obedience. Yeah, doing things he says, yeah, yeah. Worship. Yeah. Praise. Right. Absolutely. You are all 21st century John Owens. This is what he says. So Owen talks of instituted worship. It's a bit of a stuffy name, but, but what he means by that includes things like obeying Jesus' call to baptism, um, taking the Lord's Supper as a priority, you have this morning, um, engaging in songs of praise, devotion to prayer, 
cherishing the preaching of the Bible. So he, he lumps that as instituted worship, our kind of collected worship, our times together with God's word. And then he talks of um, natural or moral friendship. Um, so this is our kind of our faith, our trust, our love, our joy in the normal of everyday life. So, I mean, we could illustrate this in many ways. Here, here's a couple. So when you trust the Lord in a situation, you are expressing your friendship to God. I mean, that, that works at a human level, doesn't it? You trust someone, it's the way you express that friendship. Um, when you believe what he's saying in his words, in, in a culture that's just simply not and is laughing at God's word and at us, you believe what he says, you're saying, God's my friend. Um, when you feel love for him and joy in salvation, that, that is, I mean, we could list so many more, couldn't we? But that's the ones that he gives. That's communion with God. That's you acting like God's friend. Maybe this week, maybe you have a coffee. You want to think through, what does it look through, look like, sorry, throughout the week to behave as a friend of God? This, the amazing reality is that we can have this kind of communion and direct friendship with each person of the Trinity. And in the rest of this series, we've got three more now. Um, we'll, we'll explore friendship with the Father and friendship with the Son, friendship with the Holy Spirit.